His own standard of elegance, sir. I offer this as an explanation, since most gentlemen visitors to London are confused at the great price variations to be found in our city. Now, uh, look, you can save the sales talk, buddy. I've lived here since the war. Really? I would have thought you too young, sir. Yeah, the Korean War. And I don't like this top coat. Like I said, I want something special, and I don't mind paying for it. I wonder... I have an overcoat here that was ordered by an Indian gentleman but was never collected. You trying to sell me a second hand, sorry? Now wait till you see it, sir. Fur trimmed, a silk lined, hand woven mohair. Yeah. What do you think of that? Boy, that's, uh, that sure is some top coat. Uh, will it fit? Uh, let's try, shall we? Mm -hmm. yeah. There. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. For once, I'm in perfect agreement. Hand-woven mohair, did you say? Yeah, that's right, sir. Imported from the Hindu court. Right, wrap it up and send it round. You've got yourself a sale. But to whom shall I address it, sir? The name's Cannon. The address, 33 Half Moon Street. Cannon's reputation in the area of Greater London was known to many people. Indeed, his efficient completion of many tasks meant that his prowess at fulfilling an assignment had spread by word of mouth far and wide. I wasn't surprised, therefore, when a gentleman rang this Fairweather and requested the services of Cannon personally. It was the circumstances underlying the assignment that puzzled me. But they puzzled Cannon, too, when Miss Fairweather relayed them to him. Working as the switchwitch in this crazy dump, I've heard of some screwy assignments, Cannon. But this one takes the cake. You ought to be paid for doing nothing. Oh, like a remittance man. Almost. Ever heard of the Silver Shoe Nightclub? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I was there last night. What about it? I've had a call from the proprietor, certain Johnny Devereux. Know him? No, but uh, what do I have to do to do nothing to get paid? Well, this man, Johnny Devereux, said that you're to wrap up nice and warm and be at the Silver Shoe at 11 o'clock tonight. You're to wear evening dress, and a table has been reserved for you. Food and drink is on the house, and if you wish, you may bring a companion. He's sending the chief a check in advance. Mm. Well, uh, what do I do? I just chuck around? You don't have to do a thing. I asked Mr. Devereux what you were expected to do, and he just said sit around and look decorative. Decorative, huh? And uh, I'm allowed a companion. And that's what he said. Mm. wonder why I should ask. Hey, what are you doing with that paperweight? Helping you make up your mind. Who well, it's ask? customary to use a shotgun, Miss Fairway. <laughs> uh, look, would you do me the honor of accompanying me to the Silver Shoe nightclub this evening? I should be delighted, Mr. Cannon. Oh, the glad rags. I sent my evening dress to the cleaners immediately after the phone call. So you got a lot of confidence in that paperweight. <laughs> uh, how's the time? Oh, 4.30. I know what. Let's go to your place via the dry cleaners, and we can change and take an effect before reporting for duty at the club. Suits me. Uh, what's the weather like? Still drizzling. If it doesn't stop raining soon, you'll have to build an ark. Well, real nightclub weather. Mr. Johnny Devereux couldn't have picked it better. Are you sure you want to come? A free night out in the Silver Shoe? Are you kidding? Look, what I mean is, uh, well, you wouldn't pay good money plus a free night unless there were strings attached. Maybe, uh, maybe he expects trouble or something. I feel quite safe with you, Cannon. Okay, but if uh, somebody treats you to a bottle of champagne without removing the cork, don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> You can't put me off. 
I happen to know that the Silver Shoe is a highly respectable establishment. Then what are we waiting for? Let's go. Aren't you going to wear your new overcoat? In this weather? Not a chance. I paid 50 guineas for that. It's worth twice as much. I'll leave it in the office and take a raincoat. That whole thing? Mr. Deborah is expecting you to look elegant. Well, so I shall underneath. Top coats get left in the foyer in the cloakroom. Mr. Devereaux will see me resplendent in my best tuxedo. And I shall grace his presence with my newly laundered gown. Yeah. You know, Penny, there's something scary about this job. I just got a funny feeling that Mr. Johnny Devereaux is no philanthropist. In fact, if he's a nightclub owner, then he's uh, probably a real tough cookie. And from what I know of guys of that caliber, they don't go around dishing out free handouts unless they have a very, very good reason. Uh, having a good time, you two? Wonderful, Mr. Devereux, thank you. Just great. Um, say, when uh, when do we start work? Work? Well, it's uh, half a midnight, and all we've done so far is eat your food and drink your drink. Well, that's all you're supposed to do for the moment, Mr. Cannon. Just order anything you want. Well, I can think of a harder way of earning a buck. Mm -hmm. uh, excuse me, an important guest has just arrived. Perhaps you can begin to earn your money now, Mr. Cannon. If he's alone, I'll send him over to your table. He's a foreigner, you see. So, you have your answer, Cannon. Host and hostess to lonely foreign visitors. Foreign, yeah. From his turbaned head to his bejeweled fingers. Lonely? I doubt it. Is that him in the fire? Yeah, there is conversation with the proprietor. Mm. But I guess he's a Pakistani or a Persian. And they don't get lonely, not with four wives. Hey, watch it, they're coming over here now. For the first time tonight, I'm beginning to feel uncomfortable. Now, may I present a personal friend and habitué of the club, Kabul Mashad, Mr. Cannon, and Miss Fairweather. How do you do? How do you do? Kabul, is at a loose end tonight? Oh, then, uh, well, won't you join us? Thank you. Now, if you excuse me, the persistent duties of a nightclub owner, you know. Do give me a shout if there's anything you want. You sure I'm not uh, intruding? Oh, on the contrary. Uh, a glass of champagne? Oh, no, my, my country forbids it. Oh. Bad luck. But since I'm not in my country... <laughs> when I, in Rome? Yes, I, I know the expression. Yes. Uh, well, thank you again. Have you been in England long, uh, Mr. Ken? Uh, a while. Uh, how about you? Oh, my duties bring me here frequently. I'm fond of the place, but uh, it gets lonely at times. I often come here. I... Uh, don't remember seeing you before. Well, to be frank, it's a bit out of my price range, but uh, as a matter of fact, I was here last night. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, I, I, I thought I've seen you before. Am I right in saying that you wore a coat of mohair last night? Well, I sure did. Now, fancy you noticing that. Oh, it was a magnificent coat, fur trimmed from the Hindu Kush. There are few such coats in existence. Uh, you were lucky to have obtained such a fine garment. Savaroy. Guy ordered it and never came back. I got it half price. <laughs> you are twice lucky. I should like to examine it at close quarters. Uh, uh, did you bring it tonight? No, no, no. I, uh, I, uh, I didn't want to wear it in this rain. Oh. See, I told you to bring the coat. Oh, it doesn't matter. And you are right not to bring it out in the rain. Such a fine garment deserves the best of treatment. Now, if you will excuse me. You're going so soon. Oh, I have a hard day tomorrow. Tonight I will enjoy a good sleep. Good night. So long. Good night. Well, what do you make of that? Well, he's from the East, but he's no potentate. I've heard that they consider it to be polite to make rude noises after meals. 
Well, for a lonely guy, he sure didn't enjoy our company very long, did he? You know something? I'm getting bored with this joint. If I wasn't paid to stay here, I'd blow. Well, how's everything? Had a pleasant evening. Uh, yep. It's been marvelous, Mr. Devereux. How much longer do we have to stay? Well, you can go any time you want. There will be no more customers tonight. I suppose I can ring your office if I need you again. Of course. Grosvenor 5995. Good, I'll remember. <laughs> Good night. You know, uh, I feel like, uh, I feel like I was a chess piece. So do I. As though every move was planned in advance. Let's go home, Colonel. Sure. Uh, nightcap at my place? I can think of nothing better. Then let's get the blazes out of here. What are you waiting for? Why don't you unlock the door? Well, somebody's been here while we were away. Huh? Take a look at the lock. See how it's scratched? Yeah. Well, it's a skeleton key and uh, handled by a clumsy knave. Now, you stand to the side there by the wall. What are you going to do? Well, whoever called might still be here. I'll just make quite sure before you come in. Huh? Uh Is it all right, Cannon? Sure. Come on in. Drinks on the sideboard. Make mine on the rocks. Right. I'll check the bedroom. Well, he was no super snooper. He's left his trademark all over the apartment. Thanks. Is anything missing? Not that I can see right away. Well, take a look on the Welsh dresser. A thief could hardly miss all that small change, and nothing's missing from the bedroom that I can see. The whole joint's been turned upside down and everything put back roughly the way it was. If an expert had given my place the once over, I would never have known anybody had been here. But who would want to search your apartment? Uh, that is the $64 question. Who and why? Johnny Devereux? Well, he knew that I was out of the way all right. In fact, he had me under his eye the whole night long, but why? I got nothing of value, I got nothing to hide. The first time I ever went to his club was last night, and I didn't meet him personally then. In fact, the first time I ever set eyes on the guy was uh, when I went to work for him tonight. Yeah, it's puzzling. It's crazy. Will you ring the police? And tell them what? That my apartment was broken into and nothing was stolen? Then who can that be at this time of night? I'll get it. Hello? Yes, it's Cannon's flat. Oh, hello, Chief. What am I doing here? We just finished work, the Silver Shoe Club. I'm having a nightcap with Cannon. Yes, of course. Do you want to speak to him? Oh, I see. No, I didn't, Chief. I gave him the Grosvenor 5995 number. Yes, I'll tell him. Good night, Chief. And what did he want? A strong glass of bicarb, judging by his temper. Mr. Johnny Devereux rang him up at home a moment ago. Well, how did you know the chief's number? Your guess is as good as mine. Then Devereux? You're to report to the Silver Shoe again. Same procedure as tonight. Well, why did he ring tonight? I mean, uh, why couldn't he wait until the morning? He wanted to make sure that it was you the chief sent along. He specifically said, you, Cannon. <laughs> 
things in life are obvious and easy. If you have a business providing a good service or selling a product, you need to let people know. But how do you do that? Easy. Just tell them here on SpringbokRadio.com. Internet radio is about talking to people in their own homes. Your message becomes part of the sound they've chosen to listen to. To find out more about advertising on SpringbokRadio.com, contact Dave Dupria on Johannesburg 011-678-5176 or for outside South Africa 27116785176 or email Dave at SpringbokRadio.com. And so, once again, Cannon repaired to the Silver Shoe nightclub, attired in his magnificent fur-trimmed overcoat. As he said to Miss Fairweather, he was beginning to feel at home in the place. Looks like home from home, Penny. Certainly, I like your frock. And I like your overcoat. Small wonder that the Cabrou man admired it. I just checked my cape with a girl. Cool. You men hang your own things up, don't you? Yeah, that's right. Like I said, this joint's becoming home from home. I won't be a moment, Cannon. Okay. Hello, Mr. Cannon, isn't it? Oh, hi there, uh, Kabul Mashad. You have a good memory. It was only last night that we met, and you're not the sort of person one forgets easily, uh, even though the acquaintance was brief. Do I take that as a compliment? Sure. Uh, will you join us again this evening? Oh, I shall be delighted. I, I see you brought along that superb coat again. Mohair from the Hindu Kush. A very fine piece of work. Well, here I am. Oh, oh, hello, Mr. Kapoor Mashal. <laughs> hello again, gentle lady. So you've all met up again. Well, that's great. Shall I put you at the same table? How are you, Kapoor? Everything going well with you? How oh, everything is perfect. I'm glad to hear it. This way. I put you away from the band. My torch singer's got a throat tonight. The fill-in seems like a concrete laryngitis. <laughs> well, then, how's this? I'll be around if you need me, all right? Oh, order some champagne. I will pay for it, I must uh, make one very quick telephone call. Uh, you will excuse me? Yeah, sure thing. I shall sure. be back a minute. That's all, a minute. Last night it was a chess game. Tonight it's a jack-in-the-box. Why does everyone seem so excited? You see the look he gave me when I came in. Oh, shucks. What's up? I forgot to get a pack of cigarettes. Well, the girl will sell them. Shall I call her? No, uh, she won't have my brand. Look, do you mind holding the fort while I slip out and buy a pack? There's a cafe across the road from you, so is my mate. Better that I go for you. You're employed to work here, remember? I'm just trading along for kicks. Well, it's freezing out there, and I'll take an age for the check girl to get you wrapped. Then I'll borrow your magnificent fur-trimmed overcoat. I can wrap it round me if the cafe's only across the road. Where did you hang it? Uh, third row from the front. Anyway, you can't mistake it. True enough. I'll only be a moment. Surely you're not leaving already, Mr. Cannon? No, no, no. She's just running out to get me some cigarettes. They oh. don't stock my brand here. Pull up a chair. You can uh, tell me something about... Uh, uh, where is it you come from? Uh, from Persia. The land of caviar. <laughs> the champagne. I, I feel in a festive mood this evening here. Well... Here, here's to a successful evening, Mr. Cannon. There's mud in your eye, Kabul. Uh, Persia, you said. Oh, an unhappy country, I fear. But uh, one with a long history that will see it through these troubled times. Uh, what line of business are you in? Oh, I'm an importer. Fine silks, uh, carpets, and woven cloth. My country has a famous history in the manufacture of these things. Oh, so that's why you were so interested in my top coat. I, uh, I did wonder. Oh, fabrics have always held a special fascination for me. Uh, did you know that many of your English names for cloth originated in Persia? 
You see that woman on the dance floor there? Look there. She wears a pattern you call seersaka. Uh -huh. Persian originally, for milk and sugar. White milk, brown sugar. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? How about that, yeah. There you are, Canon. Twenty of the best. Just popped out to get him some cigarettes. He's got a mind like a sieve. Thanks, Penny. It wasn't where you said it was, by the way. You put it in the back row. I did. I called for you, Cabal. They say it's urgent. Oh, oh, oh forgive me. Uh, oh, we're having a conversation on fine Persian garments. Uh, perhaps we can continue some other time. I'll uh, take the call in the office. Yes, fine, fine. Well, friends, that winds it up, I guess. You mean uh, we can go? That's right. By the way, tell me something. Where do you keep that beautiful overcoat you brought tonight? In the wardrobe. Why? I just wondered. You didn't wear it last night, did you? No, no, no. On account of the rain, I left it in the office. In the office? Hmm. I see. Well, thanks for coming. I'll send the check for you tonight along to your office in the morning. Good night, Miss Fairbairn. Night. Callum, that Kabul man isn't using the phone at all. He's watching us again from behind the draperies. That's all. Well, last time I said uh, a cat can look at a king. I'm going to change that slightly. Let's make it uh, curiosity kill the cat. Well, let's get out of here. You got your wrap? It won't be a minute. I saw Mr. Devereux talking to the check girl. I suspect you'll have it ready. You seem in an awful hurry to get us out of here. So where did you leave my coat? First peg. You can't miss it. Are you going so early, Mr. Cannon? Yep. I uh, don't want to be too late. I had an attempted burglary in my apartment last night. Oh, I'm sorry to hear it. Uh, anything missing? No, no, no. The uh, the intruder was looking for something. I wish I knew what it was. It all sounds very mysterious. Yeah, but there's probably quite a logical explanation. I'm ready, Cannon. Shall we go? Sure thing. Good night again, Mr. Kabul Mashard. Good night to you both. Better. Careful driving, Cannon. The road's one sheet of ice. Oh, watch it. You hop in. Huh? Where to, Cannon? I want to call into my apartment. There's something here I don't think. You know, Benny, I got a strange feeling that the guy who rifled my apartment last night was Johnny Devereux. Why would he do that? Something I've got he wants. Who knows? My mohair top coat for a start. Johnny Devereux could buy a dozen such coats if he wanted to. Yeah, unless there's something special about this one. He asked me where I kept it. He seemed relieved when I told him it was in the office last night. It was almost as though he thought I was uh, conspiring against him. What possible conspiracy could there be between you and Johnny Devereux? Yeah, what? And yet there's definitely something. And that Persian guy, Kabul, he's mixed up in it. Oh. I, for one, can't see them stealing your coat. Why would they want to do that? When I went out for your cigarettes, it was hanging quite happily in the back row of coats. If they'd wanted it, they'd have taken it then. Not the back row, the third row. I told you where I put it. I knew where it was when I borrowed it to take out your cigarettes. Look, I tell you, I left it in the third row from the front. I know where I put it. Look, don't let's spoil our evening by having a row. Who cares where you put your coat? I care. Now you're getting truculent for nothing. It's not for nothing. There's something mighty queer going on around here, and I want to find out what it is. Look, Penny, I tell you for the last time that I put that coat in the third row. Then somebody moved it. But I, I, how come a mohair coat's so important? Cannon, there's a car following us. Yeah, so I noticed. 
Can you see any of the uh, occupants? No. Well, there's a pair of night glasses in the glove box. Use them. Hmm. There. Have you seen anything now? The driver is Johnny Deverell. Surprise, surprise. The other side of the screen is misted up. Wait, wait a minute. He's wiping it with his glove. It's Kabul. Hmm. So they're on our tail, and it is the coat they're after. You didn't know it, Penny, but you re-rang the changes on that coat in the cloakroom. I don't understand. You don't have to. we got to shake off the gorillas first. Careful, Cannon. The road's frozen. Well, yeah, it's as bad for them as it is for me. You hold on to your seat, huh? He's still there, sticking like glue. Cannon, look out! Look out! There's a truck coming after him up. They're turning! This won't hold this down. Kid was fighting Cyrus. Get on the dashboard! Benny? You all right? Oh, I think so, Cam. Gee, how's the car? Is it a write-off? <laughs> well, it, uh, it was insured. Where are the others? Uh, Devereux and Kabul, I don't know. Uh-oh, uh, looks like I spoke too soon. Cannon, look at Kabul. He's wearing an overcoat exactly like yours. No, no, no. Keep down, honey. There's going to be trouble. Well, if he's dead or badly injured, grab the coat and let's get out of here. This tailor's masterpiece is going to be enough trouble to last me a lifetime. And be careful of him, Johnny. He's a dangerous customer. Yes, yes, so am I. So, you're all in one piece, Cannon. All right, come on, get out. Say, so, what's the big idea, Devil? I never could stand this oriental intrigue. I said from the start that we should simply move in and take what we wanted. Uh, what you want to be my mohair top coat? You guessed right first time, yes. But uh, why? I just don't get it. Well, you don't have to. Come over quickly now. I'll change coats with them. You having trouble, mate? Uh, yeah, yeah. Can't you see? I mean, these monkeys are hijacking my property. Beat it. You talking to me? You heard me. No, I don't like that. The accident was your fault anyway. I was on the right side of the road. Well, you can tell that to the cops. Grab the coat, Kabul, and let's get out of here. No, no, you don't. And who's going to stop us? Me and this bloke here. Get the dark one, matey! Yeah. That's quite a wallop you packed there. You don't do so bad yourself, mate. What do we do with these beauties? Well, it's uh, cart them off to the local lockup. Oh, uh, but be very careful of the two mohair overcoats. You don't know it, friend, but you are holding the key to a million-dollar mystery. It's true that Cannon never looks for trouble, but it always seems to meet him halfway. Knowing how proud he was of his expensive overcoat... I wondered why he'd sold it. He took great delight in telling me. It all began, Chief, that first night I went to the Silver Shoe nightclub. And not the time Devereux engaged my services, but the night before when I went alone. In fact, it was because of that visit that he employed me to sit and do nothing in the club. You see, that first night when I left, I took the wrong mohair coat. The one owned by Kabul was exactly identical. Devereux asked me along, thinking I would arrive in my mohair coat, and he could ring the changes while I was sitting at table with Penny Fairweather. But the first night it was raining, and I wore a raincoat. That's why they broke into my flat. That got them no place on account of I'd left the top coat in the office. The second night I did wear it, and they rang the changes on the coats. But Penny gummed up the works by taking the wrong coat when she went out for cigarettes. So they followed the car, and uh, if it hadn't been for the truck driver, we might have been in serious trouble. 
Devereaux and Kabul were playing for high stakes. The code I took by accident had a fortune in smuggled gems sewn into the lining. Oh, I sold the coat, by the way, as you gathered. Uh, I had a good offer from a Turkish businessman.